you need to think about the fact that you can do a great job for somebody and they can think that you do a really great job for them. But if you're not doing the job that you know that you're capable of, you're not happy. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. Well, I stayed up until 1.30 in the morning. Um, I, I have a YouTube addiction. <laughs> what were you I, I've been watching... Well, I, I, I've been watching this guy that reviews MREs. Um, and, and some of them are super, super old, like 1940s, 1930s. And if, if he feels safe about the food quality on some of the items, like he will eat them. And it's just, it's amazing. Anyway, I, I don't know, I don't know how I got down this this rabbit hole, um, but he, I started what, what. What's he eating at in, from 1940? Uh, a lot of it was so he was eating World War One, World War Two rations, um, and a lot of it was just kind of like canned beans, just stews, crackers processed cheese spreads uh yeah I'll, I'll have to send you some of the the videos it's he's really like soothing to listen to i think that's that's part of it but then i ended up getting going down this rabbit hole and there's this like six foot five black guy in ohio that i lost track of how many languages he speaks like near fluent and he'll just go into like a public market or a restaurant and start talking Cantonese or Mandarin or different African dialects or, you know, it's Spanish. And it, he just bounces from language to language. And I'm like, I watched two or three of them. I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch one more and then I'm going to go to bed. And then it was like 1.30 and I'm like, I got to go to bed. Why am I still watching this? So anyway, I was up too late and the gym apparently was up at like three in the morning to fly home from Boston. So yeah. this should be an interesting recording session. It is because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm loaded up on caffeine because it's been a, uh, a crazy 24 hours. So... You know, for, for me, Boston is a 45-minute flight, you know, assuming the, the plane takes off and everything. So I was planning to go up yesterday to, to visit a client, just spend the day, 7.30 a.m. flight up, 7.30 p.m. flight back. And getting up there was a little, you know, a little bit of a comedy of errors. Just every little thing that could delay the flight delayed the flight. So I got to the office a little late, but we were able to make up for, for time and have a good day. And we were joking around about last year how I did the same thing, went up for the day, and my flight got canceled due to incoming bad weather. And so I'm stranded with the clothes I'm wearing and, and, and a backpack trying to find a hotel room and get booked on a flight for the next day. So we were joking about that for a bit. So I leave the office. I'm walking out the office door at about 5.15, and I get the text message. Your flight's been canceled. We're going to rebook you as soon as we can. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Um, so I quick, 
I was, I was flying on American. I quick jumped into the app and booked the first flight out this morning, which was 5.15. So oh, booked man. that. Uh, I, oh, I, I had already called my Uber. So my Uber to take me to the airport was on the way. So I changed. I, I quick pulled up hotel tonight and found a hotel room. Changed the destination for the Uber ride to the hotel. Booked the hotel room on the way there. Checked in. And the thing was, is before I left, my wife was joking with me. She's like, pack an extra pair of underwear just in case. Pack an extra undershirt just in case. And I did. I, I packed that. So fortunately, I had that stuff. Um, so I went to the hotel room. and But I'll say I've had maybe two hours of sleep at all at total last night because oh, subconsciously I couldn't fall yeah. asleep right. because I was worried about oversleeping for yeah. for the flight. So... Yeah, I may have dozed off for maybe all of two hours, and when I came home, I dozed off for me about forty-five more minutes. So, um, loaded up on caffeine and a little sleep <laughs> and a bunch of adrenaline. So today is going to be fun. Yeah, that's awesome. A, with a new little one at home, you you got to get home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but um, the five fifteen flight took off on time. The plane was there. So, yeah, I'm you know leaving you know messages for people on our, our various Slack channels at like four in the morning my time. So it's like two in the morning, Jason's time, one in the morning, Gila's time. And um, so it was doing that from the airport, but the flight took off on time. I was on the ground by 10 after six in Philadelphia and I was walking in the front door uh, just before 7 a.m. Wow. You're a trooper. And I and I asked Jim, I'm like, do you want to reschedule the, the podcast recording? He's like, oh, no, 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 we're doing this. And I'm going to be this hopped up be on caffeine. And this is going to be fun. And I'm ready to go. <laughs> By the way, Stephen, I, I dig your home office. It's so bright and airy. Thanks, man. Yeah, I just, uh, this was a, a empty room in our house. And I'm like, and my wife, she works, she works at the University of Louisville. So she teaches online. And so she was going to transition it into her office. But then she finds herself sitting on the back deck. You know, and doing all her stuff on the laptop, and and uh, I'm like, well, then I'm taking it. <laughs> so, uh, but I think that's your, isn't that your, that your, is that your segue, Jim? To because I think I'm so glad when I listen to your story. I'm so glad that I don't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it, it's crazy. Um, and again, like this, it, it's weird that it's happened two years, years in a row. I, I, but I've never had it happen like clockwork like this. Um, it just so happened I'm up there because there was bad storms coming through again last night. But it was one of those things you, you just have to sit back and laugh because you, uh, you, you there's, there's nothing you could do about it. But I think it is a good segue into our topic. But before we jump into that, um, you know, want to make sure we introduce you again, Stephen. So we have our returning guest, uh, Stephen Marshall, with us this week, professor at East by popular East. demand. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> professor at you know East Tennessee State University, amongst many many other things. Um, and this was something you actually brought up to me that you might thought would be a great topic after we were catching up following the episode we did a few months back. And I, I think it's also great for this time of year. Um, you know, you. You know, being being a professor and all, and it being back to school. So that you know, and you think about it, back to school. It's like you know, how you know, as a professional, you may not necessarily go back to school for a degree, but how do you continue to hone your skills and you know, be, hone your craft to become better? And in Jason's words, develop mastery. So, after our conversation, I've top t- titled this, you know, jumping at every consulting opportunity. So, 
you know, just our description to get us started. You know, as a consultant, you may feel the need you have to jump down, uh, jump at every opportunity that comes your way. And I mean, think about it. You know, what could go wrong with more work and, and keeping busy? So um, let's start off there. Like, what, what what could what could possibly go wrong, or what could be bad with you know more work than you know what to do with? Yeah, I think it, it ties into some of the stuff you guys have been talking about the last few weeks too. Because, uh, you know, talking about the sales cycle and, uh, and chasing different, different selling op- or different opportunities for new clients. And, um, and, you, and, you know, and I think one of the things that's unique about your organization is that you don't just take any client um, just to make a buck, you know, um, and, and that you're selective on those partnerships and, and creating those uh, opportunities that you know that you're going to deliver value to the client and you know that relationship is going to be important. And, uh, and like you guys have talked about too, I mean, the personalization of that relationship and how important that is to really kind of humanize the, the business, um, the business time. You know, I think I, my context, you, you delivered the title of that so well, and I'll give you my frame of mind when I was writing that to Jason and then I wrote it to you after um, because I was really venting to Jason as my, um, my, my, uh, counselor and, and psychologist to say, dude, I'm chasing like, I'm cause, because last time I was on, Jason said, I don't know how you're everywhere. And, and seriously, I was, yeah, I was you were working, everywhere. Yeah. Working for Adobe, um, as a consultant, as the industry expert for higher education. And as you guys know, Adobe on the experience cloud side of the business has an industry expert in every, every vertical. And, and I was the only one that wasn't full-time. So I was a consultant. All the other ones are full-time financial services. They all have full-time industry experts that, you know, work with the sales team and work with the marketing team, kind of bridge the customer, voice the customer and that kind of deal. And, um, and then also the stuff with Siren Marine and, and um, the CMO gig, and I was managing a team there. And then I'm a department chair. And then I've got a great department that is growing, the fastest growing graduate program at our university that's focused on brand and media strategy and, and really bringing that experiential immersion uh, and interdisciplinary uh, education to graduate education. And we're transitioning that into undergrad and I'm excited about some of the nonprofit stuff we're doing this year. But my point was that I was like in a very uh, mentally dark moment when I was writing to Jason because I was so frustrated with myself and um, that, because on the other side of all that, all that consulting was our our dollars. Right. Um, and, and then the other thing that is a driver, it's probably more, it's more of a driver, honestly, for me than dollars is just being relevant, um, and, and being an educator that's, that's relevant. And so I feel like if I don't, if I say no, then I'm going to miss an opportunity to learn on top of it, you know, and a lot of what I get to do is, um, is honestly get paid to learn, you know, because it, I have an expertise, but as we all know, you develop an expertise. And one thing you realize as you develop your expertise is what you, you, you are, uh, re- you recognize what you don't know. Um, and you're comfortable with what you don't know. And, you know, you go out and start to try to know it. Um, and, uh, and so I would, you know, be in these situations where, I'm helping, uh, you know, a sales team pitch, or I'm doing a present part of the presentation, um, and then there's questions that are asked, and and I'm like, and I'm taking notes, and then I'm going home and I'm doing homework, going, okay, I don't really know what this is, but I'm going to learn about it, 
And then I, I reflect on it and go, geez, if I stop doing that, uh, then I won't be in those situations anymore. And I won't, I won't have the opportunity to, to, to be somewhere where I'm going to learn something that I didn't realize would be presented to me. Um, and I got paid for it, you know? Um, and, and I mean, it, it's not like, you know, I don't want to paint the picture like I'm getting just paid to learn. I mean, obviously I, I deliver, you know, value, but, um, so that, that's kind of the, 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 the situation I was in when I was like, you know, desperately, you know, texting to or LinkedIn messaging to Jason saying, what should I do here, man? Cause you guys, you, you guys kind of have a handle on this and, you know, uh, and how do you go about this? And then, you know, the other side of it is, um, you know, my wife reminded me of, of a, of a quote that I was talking to her on our walk this morning, which we started doing again because I'm not, um, selling my, my body out here. Um, and, uh, and she said, you know, no, I don't pull it up here. Uh, cause it's, it's pretty profound and, you know, no amount of money ever has bought a second of time. And, um, you know, that was said by, by Howard Stark, who is Tony Stark's father, who is Iron Man. <laughs> You're talking Jim's language. <laughs> yes, so, sir. Um, but anyway, we were, we were watching the, the end game the other night, which took us like three nights because it's so crazy long. Sorry, Jim. Um, but, uh, but anyway, uh, and, uh, it's, but anyway, I heard that quote and she goes, that's your quote. Like you need to, you need mm. to like live by that, you know? Um, because we have these discussions about, you know, what, what you just don't, you don't know where your, your time is going to end. And we all have, you know, what's important, right? Um, so it, it's, it's getting to a center point of being satisfied with what's great, you know, and, and people say to me, geez, your program, you know, you could grow your program huge. I'm like, I, I would really like to grow my program as big as it's good, and I don't care how, I don't care how big that is. You know, I want it to be good. If it's no longer the quality that I expect it to be, then, then, uh, because it's big, it needs to be smaller, you know? So that's hard, but that's hard to do. I mean, you guys know when you guys, especially you guys know better than I do. Cause I'm just, I have a great gig, you know, I have a great op, you know, I love what I do. I'll, I'll never leave the university, um, have got lots of opportunities to do that, but you know, I, everything else I do is like icing and on the cake. And, um, it, it, so it's, but at the same time, when you have somebody really cool that wants you to do something and there's, and there's those two things that I balance, you know, like I said, learning and, and money, it's, it's hard to say no. Um, and like Jason, I can imagine with you guys, I mean, you know, with, with, uh, having to, to carry a payroll and carry everything else and the stress of, of business and having business and trying to figure out when do you, when do you say no? When do you say that this, this, even though the money is there and the opportunity is there, the client's not right. Yeah. And it's something that I, I struggle with a lot and it's interesting timing. It, it usually seems like Jim is picking these topics at a, at an ideal time. And I don't know if he's subconsciously pulling from our conversations or we're just kind of connected in in some way but it's a it's an interesting timing and we probably should um, exchange phone numbers at this point in our relationship because it's probably easier to text than LinkedIn uh, and we can you know sit on each other's couch virtually here um, but yeah it's 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 really really challenging and from from my perspective the the clarity on 
what's best for our business from a type of work and type of client standpoint is is crystal clear and it's easy for me to make that decision what's challenging is uh this this desire or need to feel validated and i actually started writing a post on my personal journal blog this morning about this struggle of having people not get what you're trying to do or reject you and, and to me, that's the biggest part of this conversation that I, I struggle with. You know, we have clients that get it. We have partners that get it. Yeah, I'm so much of my time and attention is pulled to people that don't get it because I want them to get it and I want them to like us. And it's just so counterintuitive um, because I know from past experience with, with 33.6 and just work in general and life in general that if I pour my energy into the people that get it, and that's not to say I'm being lazy and not trying to expand and go after new things, but pouring the bulk of my energy into people that already get it, it tends to generate its own kind of mass and, and direction and, and things end up well. But I, I still, I find myself being pulled to like the one prospect that just like, eh, I don't get you guys. I'm like, well, I'm going to make you get me. And I have all these other people like, but we already love you. We're telling you we're right here and you're you're ignoring us. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got it. I see you, but this guy, I need to convince him, you know? So it's a, it's a, it's a struggle. But again, from a from a business perspective, it's it's odd because it's crystal clear in my head when it's like, this, this client isn't good for us. Um, I can make that quick decision, but from a personal standpoint, it's a real struggle. Yeah. And, you know, I think that I, I have the same mentality as you, because if I'm in a room and I'm pitching, um, I find that if I see that person that's giving me like the laser eyes, you know, and shooting, you know, like the death look or whatever, I'm that's that's the person I zone right to. You know, it's like I want you to love me, um, you know, and 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 I challenge I mean, I can look at that. And I, I will challenge that 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 stare or that that nonverbal um just because I want to win everybody in the room. And I, I, that's a competitive thing that I, I think I have, but, um, you know, gene or whatever. Um, but it's, a, it's such a balance. And, you know, the thing that I fight with so much in my brain is that, that old saying of uh, those who can do and those who can't teach. I mean, that drives hmm. me, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I won't drop the F-bomb for the, ex, for the <laughs> But close. Yeah, I don't, yeah. <laughs> but man, that just, you know, that kind of thing really, and, and I think that's what I, that's what I really revolt against, you know, because, because um, I think those that can do and those that can't teach, but those that can do both do, you know, and so it, it's just like, uh, it's something that is uh, it, internally, like, you know, and you guys know my story. I, I wasn't a career academic. You know, I didn't go to school and school and school and school and school and then and then just have all this book knowledge and and want to sit in my office and, and do my, you know, three pubs a year and and uh, and get tenure and promote it. And, you know, that's fine. That's great for a lot of people. But that wasn't my thing. You know, I, I accidentally got into education um, through some great mentors and some great people that made an impact on me. And um and so I, I have this thing that I, I just love doing the work. So it's hard for me to, to turn that kind of stuff off, you know, and the travel was just killing me. Um, and, you know, you guys are the you guys talk a lot about virtual work and stuff. Um, and that's probably a whole nother topic if I go down this road. But there, there is, you know, there's one thing I'm managing a team virtually uh, is you got to have the right people on the other end of that virtual line, you know. 
um, because that it's so hard to do that if you don't have the right people to be able to operate in that kind of a manner. Um, and I, I think that's a maturity kind of thing, um, possibly, but it also might just be drive. I don't, I don't really know. Um, too much though. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's, um, you know, an interesting discussion around the level of drive, the level of hustle. There's a lot of talk on, on social about hustle and, you know, working really hard to, to kind of fulfill what you want to do. And for me, it's, it's striking that balance and having that conversation with yourself. And I'm you know interested in kind of diving into that a little bit more because we did have this conversation about all of these things that you're involved in, you know, what it's like to have that conversation with yourself as, as far as what, where do I need to be to be content? Um, but, but not hold myself back from what I can do. I, I, I think it's a really fragile balance that we that we all play. Um, and and for me, so when when I first uh, set up my Twitter profile, geez, I don't know, 2007 or eight, I don't know, a long time ago, um, I chose this tagline to put on my profile of of nothing lacking. Um, it's it's my favorite chapter from the Dowdy Ching. Um, chapter 44, the last part of it um, talks about, I'll just read it, be content with what you have, rejoice in the way things are, when you realize there is nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. And I've, I've always taken that as, as kind of my mantra and how I face things, but I've also been challenged to say, well, aren't you just being lazy? Like, you know, you have so much more you can give, why are you saying it's okay just the way things are? And and I don't I don't choose to look at it that way, I choose to look at it as, I'm, I'm, I'm very much driven. I want to do a lot of things, but it's important for me at the end of the day to say, okay, I put all these things out there. This is the way things are. And I need to be content with it rather than trying to fight against this, this current. And so, you know, I'd be really interested in diving into that conversation you had with yourself, with your wife, as far as like, what does that look like? What is that balance of saying, I know there's a lot in Steven that I can do. Like I, there's a ton that I can do for the world. But I also know I have to be content because I can burn myself out. I'm not going to reach that potential. How do you figure out what that balance is for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I would uh, love to say I have that figured out. I don't. Um, but I, I think that we're, you know, basically, I came to a head where it was in early May that I think we, oh, I think our FedEx guy's here. I'm sorry. Um <laughs> Uh, so, it's part of the beauty of our podcast. Yeah, hopefully the boss will get it. We're that. doing it live. Um, Do it live. So, uh, you know, I think that I, I got, it was in mid-May, and I was up at, I was up at Siren up in Rhode Island, and uh, oh, I was heading up there, and we, we had a huge pitch for a huge company that is going to partner with us. And, um, and basically, it was just, there's so much stuff happening. That's such an exciting company and, and doing amazing stuff. Um, and if like, if I wasn't like in love with what I do teaching, I would be there like in a heartbeat. Like it's so, such an awesome place. The guy that the CEO is amazing. Um, I mean, if you have to sign for a package, you have to sign for a package. Can we pause this? I don't know where my wife is. Well, we're not going to pause, but I'm going to let you go get it. All right. All right. All right. right. (laughs) Where did you go and grab Jim? A medal? Yeah. So when he was talking about, um, Avengers okay. Endgame, I went over and got my finish, the, the Infinity Gauntlet finisher medal from when I did the Avengers Half Marathon in Disneyland in 2017. So I did a 10K the day before, and then I did the Avengers Half Marathon through Disneyland. 
And then, so this is the Infinity Gauntlet medal you got for doing both. So I had to go grab it off the metal rack right behind me. <laughs> That's awesome. So you ha so you now have all the stones. Uh, well, it's funny. So with this one, I've only done it once, and they discontinued it for a bunch of construction they were doing there. They're supposed to be bringing them back. So you had the metal here, but then on the e on the back of it, each one is then unique because each year they have a different stone. So like they've got the oh. reality stone on the back of this one. Oh my gosh. It, 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 it was a lot of fun. And I told my wife, it, when they bring this race back, um, I, I need to go back out to California and do it. I need to figure it out. That's awesome. Now that that's the that's the picture that we've used on blog posts in the past where you're wearing like a Hulk shirt or something. Yes. So like every you know, people do it like it's it, it's for fun. So yeah, I've got I had an incredible Hulk T-shirt and I ran one of the races wearing that. In fact, when I was on site yesterday, um, you know, we, we we got to talking about like personal work set up, and I told people how like you know, you know, with, with the baby coming, I got kicked out of my office, which was the third bedroom, and <laughs> got, you know, relocated my office to the basement, which is where I've got all my sports memorabilia up. And they're like, yeah, you got some kind of ribbon rack behind you? I'm like, it's the metal. Yeah, I said, so I was telling them about the, the, the metal rack, and they started asking about the races, so I pulled up that picture. I said, this is the picture Jason likes to share every now and then. There's this one, and then me as an intern, as a mascot. That he that's my all-time favorite he tries it's to so find amazing. every reason to, to share across all of our social platforms <laughs> what mascot were you uh so it was an unaffiliated minor league baseball team in atlantic city called the atlantic city surf and um so I, me and one of the other interns did appearances during the day at like local fairs and you know school events before school let out for the summer and it was a giant sea serpent so I had this giant head that I saw. The mouth is right here, so I would be able to it see. It really is amazing. Yeah, it's you're, so you're, you're going to share it right after this. I'm going and, to. <laughs> and there's a, and you can't see it with that picture, but there's a giant tail coming off the back. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. That's awesome. And probably probably very cool in that thing in the summertime. Oh, it was awful. Like, I can't stand <laughs> the smell of Febreze to this day because when we'd be done with it, we, we had two. Uh, but we go back and forth, and one of the grounds crew guys did the, the you know, was the mascot during the game. But after everything we were done, we would Febreze it down. So, uh, God, I can't stand the spell of Febreze today. But we, we, we do, we, we frequently bring that up because it's kind of one of my, my icebreakers is telling people how, like, I, I went to do a summer internship because at the time I was looking to get into professional sport management. Um, and you know, just working there, I just realized you know this wasn't for me. Um, it, it was just like because for for two things because it's one thing to be passionate about what you do, but sometimes you want to be careful about working within your passions because then it, 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 it takes some of the fun out of it. Mm -hmm. Plus, I also started to realize like I was working when everybody else was off because I was front office staff during the day and then I was game day staff at night. I don't know if you guys that? have read that. No. No, I haven't read that one. So it's good all, they can't ignore you? Yeah. That, I was going to talk about that because you, know, you talked about passion. And, and basically what Newport's thesis in the whole thing is that you should never follow your passion. You should, you should find yourself. I mean, if you, can match your passion, if you can match your passion with what or something you're passionate about with what you get to do, then that's really great. But what you really should focus on is something that you're good at and get really good at it. And, mm. you know, this is a 
this has been a, a game changer for me, and this is something that I continuously reread. Um, and and I and then this kind of transformation back to where I am now or what I'm trying to do, um, it's been a guide for me because it, it really says you know say no to the promotion, you know don't don't take the promotion. You know you guys talked about um, you know managers and and um, you know it, it's it, and just because you're a great a great person. Um, a great tactical person or something doesn't mean you're going to be a great manager, you know, and and so the promotion may not help you grow in in a space, you know. And I think that's where you know going back to your question before FedEx came, um, <laughs> Jason. You know, I think that that that's what I just try to figure out is like, okay, wh- where where am I where am I not growing, and um, and and where can I where can I also be like completely present in, um, in, uh, in life, you know, for my family and my son and, and, uh, this amazing, you know, job I'm blessed to do at, at East Tennessee State University. And I live in such a beautiful place, you know, you know, similar to, you know, your passion, I think about Utah and stuff, Jason, I mean, you know, so it's just, there's great hiking and there's great outdoor stuff here. And, and, uh, why am I jumping on a plane every other week? you know, and, and the romance, you know, as Jim, you were talking about the, 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 uh, the, you know, the rigor of what you just went through. And, mm-hmm. um, and when I tell, when, when people find out that I do, did all this travel, oh, it must be so awesome. It's not. No, it sucks. It's yeah. like, it's like I tell people like, you know, platinum member of Delta is not a club you want to be a member of. <laughs> yeah. The, the company I worked for before I joined 33 Sticks I was traveling at sometimes three out of four weeks uh, a month. And that could be just, I leave on a Tuesday night and I'm back, you know, midday Thursday. It could be, I'm taking the train to New York now. I mean, it, it's a quick train ride to New York, but I've got two days worth of meeting. So I'm still taking the train to New York on a Monday morning and I'm getting back Wednesday afternoon. and. You know, th- yeah, I believe me. I, I get you. That gets old now. I mean, fortunately, I don't travel nearly that much. So when things happen like they did last night, I can laugh it off. Yeah. You know, because I, I can sit there and be angry at something I can't control, or I can laugh it off, have a funny story, and, um, you know, have an experience where you're going to the airport at 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. But it's, no, it's, I, so I, how, I get you. It's so not, how do we... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm gonna. I was gonna go down a different uh, path. So no, that's yeah. It's all good. So I'm wondering how we we start to change the narrative a little bit because weren't weren't we all brought up to believe that there there is this hustle that we have to be involved in that you know it is putting in this hard work and traveling and and working long hours and but it'll be rewarded because we're going to make manager and then we're going to get this great corner office with all these benefits and like that's what we were brought up to to believe is the path we should follow and i think the longer that you know, we've been in, in the working world, I think the majority of us start to change that belief and we start to reprioritize what's important in life. And a lot of those things that we were told was were important really didn't end up being important. Whether we achieved them or not, we, we kind of got there and it's like, you know what, the top of the mountain really isn't as amazing as we thought it was going to be. It was, you know, the journey along the way and those things that we missed are really the things that I wish I had back. Mm-hmm. 
And it, you, when you say that, you kind of reminded me of something that happened on Twitter maybe two weeks ago. You know, you had someone in the VC world talking. It was Twitter or LinkedIn. I can't remember which. Maybe it was across both. You know, the, the, the whole conversation of if you want to be successful, you have to go to the big city. You know, you, you, you can't be in, in a small town. You know, you, cause oh, you just... you saw you saw my LinkedIn post where I reposted it, and I said this isn't it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's where it was. So, um, but you, you you make me think of that because yeah, like I I I remember when like I was fresh out of my career, and you saw these people jet setting, and like you know ah oh, you know they're off for another trip, and now that you know I'm. 20 some years into my career i'm like no i don't, I don't want any of that i want to live in the small town where it's it, 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 it it's a slower pace um so you can actually just just enjoy life because i mean for me uh next year i'm hitting a milestone birthday and i'm looking back and i'm like holy shit where'd the last 20 years go <laughs> i mean I, I i could still remember it almost being like me graduating college it's like all right let's get out there into the working world and let's go um, I, I think that I think the hustle is like you gotta you gotta have the hustle. I mean, there's gotta be a point in your life that you have the hustle. I mean, I don't know how you get there. I don't know how you get to. I mean, I think maybe that's just the journey that we're we're mapping here. It's like, you know, um, you gotta you gotta have the hustle to realize what is not part of the hustle. I guess. And I guess that's where I'm at right now. Where I'm going. I I have I've. I, I mean, if I could go backwards, you know, for the last four years that, that I've been doing just, you know, up at 530 in the morning, just because I naturally get up at that time, but but up at 530, checking email, doing work, you know, going into every day of the office and running a sprint, you know, basically like not not really being as present in the personal relationships in my with my colleagues that I really feel like. I could have been right, and that's what I've reflected on in through that hustle, and then um, you know, taking calls and different things during that same day, and and checking like four or five different email addresses, you know, where, where it might and, and going through the front. The, the it, it sounds it sounds petty, but going through the frustration of like my Adobe email resetting every like three weeks and having to go to the help desk and and like just like that kind of stuff, you know. As, as great as the op, you know, it was just like those kinds of little tiny pieces just kind of poke at you, you know, um, and then coming home and then being present, you know, at my house for a couple hours, my son gets to bed and then I'm back working again, you know, um, and, and I don't make, don't make any, dis I mean, I love everything that I was doing, you know, I'm curious, I'm driven, I like, I like it, it doesn't feel like work most of the time, but you know, when, when you get on the road and all those kinds of things, it starts to really feel like work. Um, and, uh, and then just, I wouldn't be talking to you guys if I wasn't, if I didn't do that, you know what right. I mean? Like yeah. that journey, like the journey led me here and to, to Monday morning quarterback it and say, geez, I shouldn't have been doing that. I can't, there's no way I, I wouldn't right. know. I wouldn't know you guys if I hadn't been doing that hustle. So, so it sounds like what you're saying is it's it's a rite of passage. It's it's kind of experience that we have to go through to get to a point where you actually appreciate having a, a greater sense of balance in your life. That's a good way to think of it. I think that's that's mm. profound, dude. Oh, I don't I don't know about that, but you said it. I just read it back to you. So so I'm interested. 
are you know are these type of conversations happening in higher education um you know what what questions are your students asking and what are you kind of sharing with your students to prepare prepare them for this kind of arc of their their life and career i i you know great question i think that i think it's it we we can bucket like gen z or whatever you want to call them um as a type you know just like millennials get bucketed like that you know um and they're all individuals you know so i can give you two great examples i have i have one student who um came to me as a freshman and had a scholarship at belmont it was a great university in nashville um very very focused on music industry um, management and she said Dr. Marshall, I just want to, I want to be, I want to work for country musicians. I want to manage artists and I'm going to look at Belmont, but it's going to be expensive. And, um, it's, but this is what they do, you know? And I said, look at, we can, we can get you there, you know, and you're not going to have the debt. And, you know, and so she, she took, she took my word and now she's, now she's working for it, did an internship this summer after graduation and is working and managing on the George Strait team, and she's doing exactly what she wanted to do. That's one type of that's one type of student, and that's one type of conversation. And I'm bringing her example up because the other side of it is, I got this degree, and I should be making you know sixty thousand dollars a year now. So why isn't anybody just giving me stuff? You know, or or you know, um, really interesting posts that I that one of somebody I know had shared that I just thought was so comical was that, you know, uh, some Fox commentator had said, you know, the university should be held accountable for the debt and they should, they should be held accountable for students getting jobs. Um, and so I thought, well, that would be fine if, if we were putting out widgets and they all were the same. But the internal makeup of a student is what drives that student. You know what I mean? So to get yeah. back to your to get back to your question, it's like I have students that are that are born to hustle and they work hard. And this particular student, I mean, that is now working, you know, on the George Strait team and all this stuff. I mean, I mean, she was the president of our club and she was the leader of all of our um, different student experiential things that we trips that we plan. And she was on my student advertising competition team. And, you know, I mean, and this other student doesn't do anything like just. Like, oh, you know, I have a degree now. You should pay me, you know. And 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 it's without a doubt, every every year, every other year, I see on social media, I've got this degree, and and I can't get any, I can't do anything with it. And it's like, well, you didn't do shit when you were here. So why would you expect anything to change, right? Because getting the, the degree anymore isn't a, the rite of passage. They, they're getting. The, what you put into the work, and that's how our whole program is designed, um, is that, you know, putting students in a space to do the work while they're learning and being able to fail and all those kinds of things in a structured environment. Um, that's what really is going to get, that's what makes you want to, you know, that makes you, you guys want to hire somebody. Right. Um, not because they got a degree from us. It's because you, they can display the value that they're going to bring to your organization. Um, so I, I think that, I, I explain to students that this is a hustle and nobody is going to hire you because of your degree. Like, I don't even know what degrees you guys have, but you know, I mean, Jim was, Jim's doing analytics and he was going to, he was wearing a mascot outfit, you know? Um, so I, I, it's like, 
you know, you, you don't, it, but, but clearly the reason that you're sitting here, Jim, is because of the fact that you're a driven guy, you know, and you're a curious guy. And I, I think those are things that, I mean, my thesis on that is that I think a little bit of that's teachable, but I think a lot of that's wired. Um, and, and being able to, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure there's a whole psychology thread of it that, that I'm not aware of that I'm probably bastardizing right now. But So you bring up a really interesting point because I think we, we went down this path of, of kind of hustle. Um, and it sounds like it's, it's, it's less to do with hustling and working hard and putting yourself out there and more to do with with focus again we, we kind of started this conversation around you, you know chasing every opportunity and i think that it's this conversation has morphed into it's it's less about just putting yourself out there and more about the focus it's still you have to work hard still there's yeah. the drive still there has to be that hustle but you don't have to chase everything it's more important to figure out where you want to put your focus and then really hustle and drive within that that kind of area of, of focus. If I'm kind of hearing what you're what you're putting out there. Well, this is why you're my psychologist, um, <laughs> because I, I think this gets right back to, to this thing, which is that, you know, so good they can't ignore you. I mean, uh, I'm not I don't not pitching his book, but it's great. Um, but you I mean, know, you I can mean, pitch it if it's, yeah, if it's well, a great it's book. Free, I, I bought it while, while we were talking. <laughs> so there it's there you go. Your, your your word yeah. has your word has much weight. Yes, it's, I, it's, I, it, I have a copy. I have a copy on the way. It's so good um, because it because it's really saying that exact thing. Focus, um, and I think that's where you know I, I was talking about you know going and traveling. To, you know, I was up at Siren Marine and we had this great pitch and and uh, and and the and the work there is just uh, exponentially growing. And, and so the senior management, you know, that I, I'm a part, I was part of, and still am an advisory board member of, of what's going on there, but said, um, geez, how about coming up here every other week, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, instead of once a month, we really need you up here. And they're right. I mean, there's, there's in that organization as a startup, there's so much stuff happening and it's B2B, it's B2C, it's OEM. There's just a whole bunch of fleets. There's all these things, things that are happening. And happening really fast and it's being in that culture and being in that space. And I'm, I was exactly coming in thinking the, the opposite. I, I got to get back to focus and, um, and I, and I can't do it. My, my, my uncle's a, a, a brilliant guy who's a, f- a former professor, a finance professor at Washington university in St. Louis. And, and, um, and he said to me, I was talking about this and he said, you need to think about, the fact that you can do a great job for somebody and they can think that you do a really great job for them. But if you're not doing the job that you know that you're capable of, you're not happy. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that was like something that really resonated with me very strongly. Um, because that's exactly how I felt. Like they're so happy with me there. They love it. You know, they love what I'm doing. They love my energy. They love what we're, what I'm bringing to the table. Um, I, I feel like I can't keep up with what what's going on. I feel like I'm my I'm not managing my team as well as as somebody should be, um, and uh, and I got all these other things, you know. I and I I I again tried to focus just on Siren and ETSU, but I couldn't do it, you know. And I and I had to come to the realization that I I'm not I'm not satisfying myself, even though I'm satisfying 
them. And I also don't feel right collecting the paycheck that they were giving me internally knowing that. And, and that sounds crazy, like, but that was me and they're, they're happy with me and they're happy with what I'm doing. But I don't feel like I was earning the money that I should be earning because I felt like I was falling short personally. Does that sound weird? I don't know. It, no, it, it doesn't. In fact, I was having a conversation with one of our clients the other day and I said, uh, I'm, I'm seriously thinking about allowing you guys to opt out of our contract. And they said, why? And I said, because I don't feel like we're giving you the level of, of work, the level of value that, that you purchased. And they're like, what are you talking about? No, 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 it's really good. I'm like, but it doesn't, it doesn't live up to my expectation and it eats me up every week to think Absolutely. about it. Yeah. What, what you're talking about is integrity and yeah, personal integrity. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And I, so think I get that's, it. That's super, you know, I mean, that's another internal, but again, like if I'm just chasing Benjamins, then I just keep doing what I'm doing. And, but, you know. but when that's, when that's your goal, like you never get there. And I think that that's the hard part is that, you know, with, with this mentality that we were brought up with that you, you get into a job, you become a manager, you become a VP, you get this, you get this, you get this. There, there's nothing that you can ever celebrate because once you get somewhere, there's something else further out from you. And not to say it's not important to have goals and stretch yourself, but there, there's this feeling where you have to have some kind of Again, I'm going to go back to the word content with the way things are. I'm, I'm content with with where I'm at today and, and not constantly chasing some some future goal that that may be completely unattainable. And again, I I, 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 I'm, I worry sharing that because I don't want it to come off wrong that it's like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, right. you're lazy. You're not invested. You're, that's that's not it at all. It's just a completely different paradigm of, of being able to find that that balance and, and just be content with with yourself. It's it's a paradigm shift where you end up actually creating more. You know, you end up hustling more, whatever, whatever the, the phrase you want to use. So I want to spend the last few minutes talking a little bit about, you know, maybe what each of, of us have gone through to find that that focus because I see when I think you hit on it so perfectly that it, it it isn't about working not working hard it isn't about hustling it isn't about putting yourself out there but it's about doing it in a in a focused manner um, how how do we go through that exercise because I think we start out this conversation with a little bit of the we all have the FOMO you know we're missing out on something Absolutely. if I don't do this then I'm not out there and I'm not putting myself in this position to so so you know how do we combat all of those negative thoughts in our heads and come up with an area where we want to focus on which I'm sure for someone like you that is has all your talents is extremely difficult you know because you could put all of your time into being a bass player. You know, you could put all of your time into, you know, being a, a CMO. You know, you could put all of your time into being at the very top of academia. Um, how do you figure out the right balance and focus? And, and uh, again, you're in a very unique position where you can help mentor the next generation. What life lessons are you sharing with them to say, it's going to be really difficult as you get out there, but here's some tools to help hone in where you really need to be. And maybe, maybe the tools are in that book that, that Jim just went out and bought. Yeah, well, they are, but I think that where where I disagree a little bit with the author is that I, there is a point of passion that's imp if you can get the passion crossover, you know, um, I, I'll I'll cite my wife here as I typically do in any kind of presentation at some point, um, you know, uh, she she was a, a amazing farm rep salesperson like top ten for Pfizer for um, a couple quarters and 
Um, she, she's just really good at it. She did not like it. You know, I mean, it was not, didn't feed her soul at all, you know, but she was really good at it, you know, and what feeds her soul, um, is teaching and, and what she's doing now. And, um, so I think, you know, the, the whole thesis of, of the book that we talked about, um, was really focusing on something, getting really, really good at it, continuing that, to have that focus and, and making sure that you get into a space where, and this is, this is perfect for the, the analyst, you know, kind of thing that you guys have to deal with trying to find people and hire people and stuff, because those people that are really, really good at not only looking at data, but being able to, to, to bring narratives together with data that are actionable insights that, that are going to help a, a client. Um, those folks that are good at that, they get to say no to things. Um, because, because they, ha they can say no a lot, you know, um, because they, they get their pick and, and that's the whole idea of this book. And it, it what, the, what he's saying is that, look, it, it doesn't matter if it's your passion or not, if you just can really focus on it and it's something that you're good at, then people will hire you for it and you'll be better off for it. And I, I think that's where I'm coming back going, okay, let me throttle back. Let me get into some spaces that I that I'm not as familiar that I really like to be familiar with that I know I can deliver value to my students with, um, and uh, you know programmatic buying and those kinds of things. And so that's kind of like where my space and my mind space is going now. And I'm not getting paid for any of that, but I'm taking you know going back to your question or your comment about laziness or I'm working just as hard as I was. I'm just not on a plane going somewhere, and I'm not not getting compensated for it. But I'm, but I'm internally like getting more value, um, and 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 really feeling like I'm I'm bringing that back to um, the folks that it matters to, which would be me and then my students, and to keep things relevant. And you know, I Jim, I think the integrity thing you, you said that, and it hit me like really quick. And then I was thinking, am I am I being disingenuous by? And I guess I'm all, I'm flipping the I'm going on a tangent here, but. You know, am I being disingenuous because I'm not internally happy with the work I'm doing, but my client is? I, is that an integrity thing? I, is it? I don't know. Like, um, I mean, I, I think it is because, you know, may, maybe it's you hold yourself to a higher standard than, than others do. Okay. Um, so it's you, you know, the, the way I kind of see that in a way I interpret what you're saying is you see it. You know, being a potentially higher quality, um, more detailed, whatever characteristic you see it being at a step above what somebody else sees it as. And that's why you excel in what you do. Yeah. So by it, it's not being disingenuous. It's telling people, no, this could be better. You're accepting less. Right. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think it's really trying to help students understand that that focus and that deep dive into something is something that they really need to, they really need to, to do to differentiate themselves in the, in the marketplace and to really be able to show an employer the value they're going to bring to an organization. Um, but it's also, if you can, if you can align that with something you're passionate about, like who, I mean, who's passionate about programmatic buying? I, I, you know, people are right. I mean, I'm, I'm passionate about learning about it. Right. So, um, I mean, learning more about it. I mean, of course I know about it, but, 
but the thing is, you know, I've not deep dived into it to, to enough. This work, I'm always asking myself questions about it. Um, and I'm like, I really need to get to answering those questions that I keep asking myself. Um, and so it, it's a, it, it's really that focus I think that's so important. And then when it can when it can line up with a passion, then that's the ideal, right? Yeah, and I think I think what you're you're kind of talking about, and I'm, it, it's interesting because we got to a different place in this conversation than I think you know I had thought we were coming into it. Where I had come into it thinking, okay, we're we're going to talk about doing less. We're going to be you know more selective in what we do, so we're going to do less. And it's 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 fact. In fact, I think the opposite. I think it's it's paradoxical what you're saying that we 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 deserve to more deeply evaluate the things that are coming into us and being selective about the things that we want to invest in. And by doing less and taking less, we actually end up doing more Absolutely. because we're, we're more focused and we end up doing more. So again, I, I came into this conversation, I'm thinking about how do I justify this, you know, being lazy or not doing enough. In fact, that's not it at all. It's we've, you know, we all should be in a position where we more critically evaluate the things that are in front of us. And we don't have to say yes to everything back to, as, as Jim cued this up, how do you, you know, get, get away from saying yes to everything that we have to say no to things so we can do more of the things that, that really are fulfilling and really help drive value with the things that we're, we're good at. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Very good stuff. So I, I think we have a, return topic jim because there was something steven said that i'm like oh we need to have him back to talk about this huge backlash that there is right now against higher education costs and the value of higher education and why we even need it anymore (laughs) that will be a fun episode i will put that down uh, (laughs) in my notes so steven i will be in touch to to schedule that um you'll be our first uh three-time guest well and again, he is he is in demand. Yes. He's he laughed about it, but like that the episode is highly rated. And it was a really interesting timing because Nancy uh, Dooley uh, tweeted the other day about how um, the uh, the first episode was one of her all time favorite episodes, and and I tweeted back, I'm like, well, we should have him back on, knowing that we were going to record yeah. later this week. So <laughs> that's awesome. I can talk a lot about that. I think that's uh, you know, uh, it's a. Uh, it, it yeah totally that, that yeah. that's my channel i mean that's really where my center is back again you know it's like yeah i've got three new faculty members and uh and we're doing adobe basically came to us and said we love what we're, what we're doing and we're you know you guys are a strategic account and and we're gonna we're gonna put put you really forward um in what we're doing and um and put your put your program in front of a lot more people so um all those kinds of things you know we're like feeders and pieces for me to go, yeah, this is, I'm making the right decision, um, to get back to my, to my focus and, um, and you know, what we're doing now, which is pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, that would be awesome. Well, this has been a a fantastic conversation. And again, I don't want to, I don't want to still the key takeaway or wrap up, but for me personally, I I walked away with this kind of changing my mindset that really the important lesson from this conversation is not about doing less, but about doing more with, with being more selective, taking on less things so that we can do more and that's okay. Um, and you know, we, we all have that right to be selective and really think critically about the things we're going to say yes to 
and those things we say yes to, we're going to put our, our all into it and really hustle to, to, uh, to create the value we can create in those areas. So, yeah. And there's no avoiding the hustle at some point. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks cool. guys. Well, Steven, been yeah, a good appreciate fit. the time. As <laughs> good <always>. therapy session. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, definitely. So appreciate the time. This has been a, been a lot, a lot of fun and, uh, I'll catch you both later. Okay. Much love, fellas. Thanks, See you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.